Welcome to episode 30 of Finding Metal Path, a podcast about all things DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and the resources around it. I'm your host, Rachel Julstrom, and I'm a licensed professional counselor who practices in the Kansas City area and specializes in dialectical behavior therapy. Today, we're going to continue to talk about interpersonal effectiveness, yet we're going to branch off a little bit and discuss a conflict that actually happens in session, and that is calling out therapy interfering behaviors. These are important to call out in the therapeutic process to allow the most effective therapy to happen. So I hope you stick with us as we talk all things DBT. Welcome back. As you know, we produce podcasts every Friday. Sometimes we get excited and we produce one on Mondays or different times during the week. Yet you can always expect us to have one on Fridays. Now we do typically talk about skills and we've been going through interpersonal effectiveness skills. And I'm so excited to actually talk about this one today. This is huge. This is a great time, a great intermission piece to talk about interfering behaviors. This is therapy interfering behaviors. Now, therapy interfering behaviors are something that you can discuss at any time with any therapist with any type of therapy. That's because this is the type of behavior that a therapist could have or that the counselee or the client could have at any point during the therapeutic process that often plateaus the relationship or feels like there's no traction happening or or the relationship just starts to feel a little flat or you can also tell when there's some resentment building up on either end of things this is where people start to go this isn't working for me this isn't effective and yet we don't know how to deal with conflict yet and so this is really hard so therapy interfering behaviors is a way to sure up our boundaries this is huge I've talked to you many times and probably one of my first podcasts is about the book boundaries and how important it is for us to know what our boundaries, our limits are, and then how do we check those? Remember, boundaries are not brick walls. They are not hard and fast. Of course, they're not these, uh, you know, again, concrete things that stay in the way between you and, and anyone else having an effective relationship. They are there to protect the relationship. In fact, they're there to help grow the relationship. So therapy interfering behaviors is huge. So let's start off with just addressing some of the the list that's associated with therapy interfering behaviors. So this is going to be a list that, of course, I have up on the blog at findingmiddlepath.com. But here we go. So advice giving and monopolizing. Those are two really big ones that we see oftentimes from therapists or from uh, the clients, right? They tend to monopolize. And so there's no traction. There's a storytelling aspect, which is also another therapy interfering behavior. And remember, your therapist is not there to give you advice. Shocking. So the reason I, I want to touch on that is because as a therapist, I am not here to solve your problems. I'm here to help you solve your problems. We're working together as a team. This is not about me telling you what to do. This is about us working through and problem solving together. And we might brainstorm some ideas I might stumble upon, but in the end, I am not the one telling you what to do, or am I the one inferring that if you don't do this, then, right? Like, 
for instance, I tell people all the time, I'm not the one who's going to tell you to leave your, your spouse because first of all, I don't have to live with that decision. And second of all, I might not have all of the information. That's part of DBT. There's a kernel of truth between both stories and I am not the one to make the final decision. So I'm not there to tell you what to do. Plus, it's empowering for you as a client to figure out and problem solve and decide, you know, this is something I came up on my own and I feel empowered that I made this decision. I don't become relying upon another resource in order to make any hard choices. I'm there as a support system in the beginning, but after a while, you're going to learn to hone that for yourself and learn how to grow in that arena and make your own decisions that you feel super confident about. After advice giving, we move into storytelling and monopolizing. Both of those seem very hand in hand because either or can take over the part of a therapeutic session. So storytelling can lead into, well, there was this one time and we give a lot of details, which can also monopolize a lot of the time that you could be spent learning a skill. Also, storytelling can lead to almost invalidating someone's experience. While yes, some people can relate and build rapport at different times, it's not always necessary to have a story about this one time or when I overcame and so on and so forth. So remember that those can also be, again, those therapy interfering behaviors. There's also being the therapist assistant. Now, this is an adorable one because I often think it's nice to have people who have this buy-in and they think, yeah, I can do so on and so forth. And honestly, this one comes up more so in groups than it does in individual sessions, yet it can still happen in individual sessions because oftentimes they can uh, talk about therapizing other people. Um, and again, it discredits or it takes away some of their own experience or it actually has us to shift focus and think about others. So again, it's another way of taking us away from the key reason why we're in therapy and that's to work on our problems and what we can control. There's also just the basics of time, leaving the session early or um, again, canceling or not showing up or being late. I have a 10 minute window before and after my session. I can be 10 minutes late. The other person can be 10 minutes late, whatever it may be, especially since I'm doing telling health. Um, yet I will say in my mind, if I'm going to be more than five minutes late, I try to have my assistant reach out contact the other person and let them know. So there's not this waiting or this anxiety that would build something that I would even personally feel if I was uh, just sitting there waiting and not knowing. And canceling is another thing. You know, we, we schedule appointments. We want to honor each other's time. That's huge. I get that stuff comes up that we're not talking about one or two times. We're talking about a consistency here. I really try to enjoy working with clients who have these reoccurring appointments because we know every Tuesday at noon, we have an appointment held on the books and, and now you don't have to worry about scheduling something else. Oh, don't I have something at, at noon on Tuesday? Yeah, I already have something planned. I can't do it at that time. And 
that's something to talk about with your therapist. And so you, again, you honor the time you show up, you don't just cancel or not show. I know a lot of therapists like myself even have policies of, you know, there's additional fees. Like I have a higher fee if you no show me because I'm just asking for basic communication, like something I would want for myself as well. So oftentimes the natural consequence is a financial one in those situations. And uh, also another consequence that I have, it's just a policy that I have is that if you no call no show twice, you probably need to be moved on to a different therapist. I'm, I'm not the fit. It's also a conversation to say, are you even ready for therapy right now? That's a really hard conversation to have as well. But it really is about, again, honoring each other's time. Um, it's hard. And I know that whenever I was going through some health issues, uh, it was really difficult to even cancel on my clients. So you really have to weigh the pros and cons with all of this, but really talk as you can hear. And as we talk about interpersonal effectiveness, it really is about having that open communication. Another one um, is continuing to be in a crisis state. Now, don't get me wrong. I've, I know that things come up and there's a lot of crisis. In fact, we underwent a lot of them last year. Um, and some people are, are kind of starting to find their footing again, yet continually being in a disruptive crisis event causes, again, a therapy interfering state of mind where all we're doing is trying to work through the crisis and not really build skills, life skills, so that we uh, can stay out of this crisis state. Many of you will also hear me talk about how some people enjoy the chaos or the crisis. And it's not about attention seeking. It's more of um, this is just something I know. And so stepping outside of that is very uncomfortable. Uh, another one is withdrawing emotionally in session. This is where oftentimes, and we even talk about using humor too much. Uh, this is where I do everything possible to not talk about the very thing I'm in session to talk about. Uh, I'm deflecting, I'm even minimizing any kind of challenges and I'm, I'm just going to withdraw. I will talk about anything and everything else and not actually talk about the hard things. Look, people Therapy is hard. This is where we we really dig into the dirt and the muck and the mire of our lives. And that's not comfortable at all. So realizing that you can have rapport and you can have a few of those lighthearted sessions, yet there will be other sessions soon that will definitely um, push you emotionally that will be uncomfortable. I tell my clients that I have a stroke stroke kick method, right? You know, um, it's kind of the mentality of whenever you're learning to swim. Uh, we, we know how to dog paddle and we'll get there eventually with dog paddling. And oftentimes we need that good skillful stroke, stroke, and then kick to really put us into a position where it feels like we're making a lot of progress. And so, yes, we'll have some light sessions and mixed in because I don't want you to think that every time I come into this room, it's just emotionally exhausting. Yet, I want you to know that when you 
you are there, you're there to do a lot of work. So we can have some lighter sessions and then some deeper sessions. Yet it's important for you to kind of manage and know your limits. That's a part of, again, knowing your needs and knowing what to ask for and talking to your therapist about the growth and uh, the timeliness of that growth. Um, Another one is, again, um, intellectualizing. That's a huge defense mechanism that often people want to overthink why things do or do not work for them. And, And oftentimes, again, we've talked about a reasonable mind and logical mind and emotion mind. And oftentimes people use defense mechanism of I'm going to lean so heavily on logic that again, it keeps us from actually getting to middle path. And it's because that's so comfortable. The intellectualizing is so much more comfortable than actually feeling our feels. And again, it's, it's not easy. Um, another is to justify any of your rationalizing behavior or and to rationalize, I should say, any of your behavior. So we go through and we have a problematic behavior and it's something that we know is causing issues. And then you tend to maybe rationalize it or justify it in some way and say, actually, it's not causing me any distress. No, I haven't lost friends. I didn't need that friend in the first place. You know, oh, I didn't need that job in the first place. You know, all these things we start to justify and rationalize. And that, again, it, it just puts the damper on. Um, this is where you start to maybe make hostile, another, again, therapy interfering behavior would be making hostile, critical, or judgmental remarks towards, um, towards your therapist and if you're hearing them from your therapist yourself it's huge to call those out and to not fire each other (laughs) as much as we want to just leave difficult situations um and and it really is based on how you feel about things but it's important to note how to really deal with any kind of hurt or criticism, while it might not be professional in one shape or another, still important to call it out. And if then you decide to end the relationship, look at how you've just dealt with a really hard situation. This one's really hard. Um, Another is not doing the work, not doing any of the homework um, and showing up and just not being plugged in. You know, here is a little bit of, again, a peek into how I do therapy. And some of my most successful clients who get through therapy and have these these skills to really propel them into life are, are the ones who come to session prepared. They come to session with a notepad or with something to write things down because hearing it is one thing talking about situations in your your individual life that's another yet writing it down and at least looking at it throughout the week and saying I want to do something better I want to do something different right um I'm, I'm going to try this out and see what works that's really the purpose of skills we talk about it we talk about how it applies to you individually we personalize it and then you go and you try it and then you come back to the next session and you talk about what worked and what didn't work. Those are gold star clients. Those are clients who want something different and are actually doing the work. And again, it takes time and 
it's also it's it's not it's a willing attitude versus a yeah but attitude yeah that sounds nice but it's not going to work for me i mean that's another therapy therapy interfering behavior you know all that sounds good in theory oh yeah i've tried that before nah it's not going to work for me you know those willful attitudes really do cause a person to stay stuck and don't get me wrong i mean when we get to to uh, behavior chain analysis, we'll talk through why it's comfortable to do the yeah but and why oftentimes that stuckedness happens out of a lot of emotionality and fear. I understand that. And, and, and there's got to be a little bit of willingness to want to try to do something different. And if, if the yabats keep happening, it really puts in a stuckedness plateauing position. Okay. Another one, which I'm sure a lot of people interacted with in the last year, it's, it's really that, um, criticizing the therapist's personal views or their personal values or their person personality. You know, you go online, you might find their Facebook page, whatever it may be, and you find something on there that you just don't quite agree with. And rather than having an honest conversation or talking through, it's that judgment, right? This person must be blah, blah, blah. Rather than looking at all the current work that's been done or looking at anything potentially that could happen, there's a snap judgment that's made and this person is now fill in the blank. And so again, this is where it's really good to get out of the black and white mindset and to have an honest conversation. Remember, honestly, the therapist's views and values that come through uh, what they talk about should be more around the theory. And oftentimes in DBT, I think I've shared, there's an opportunity for me to share how the skills apply to my life. And so I open up and I'm vulnerable. Yet I don't, I do not use that opportunity to say you've got to have my set of values in order to be successful. In fact, this is where we talk through the differences of values and how that's normal. That's really a healthy piece of any kind of interpersonal effectiveness. And then we have the more serious interfering behaviors, which is, again, demanding solutions to problems the therapist, again, cannot solve threatening harm on the therapist, um, and then also interacting with the therapist in an overtly um, sexual or productive way, or I'm sorry, provocative way. And so I know that sounds weird, and it's a defense mechanism. And those defense mechanisms that come out, that, that faulty behavior that we have, we have to call it out. Um, it's, it's just not good therapy if we don't call it out and talk about why do you think this is happening? You know, is there an attachment here because we have attachment issues? Um, is there something that you see in this relationship that you've never had before? And so that causes you some discomfort and causes you to act in these certain ways. I will say as a therapist, you know, I clearly have my own values and my own boundaries when it comes to these things. And when it comes to therapy interfering behaviors, you know, some of them we are con consistently 
addressing because you know it just happens right like the humor thing or showing up late or canceling or um you know storytelling advice those things feel more minor and they feel very important to point out but i will say the others um i i don't put up with for too long because as long as a person is wanting to make progress in a safe and respectful way, then of course, let's continue to do work. We all have things that come up in therapy for reasons, right? That's the importance of it. Yet there is a a line and a boundary that is important to have in any line of work, so to speak, where you feel safe and able to continue to do the work. And if we're just not there, then Honestly, it might be time for a shift or a change and a recommendation. And sometimes that might be a higher level of care or the opposite sex, whatever it may be, there are other options that come up. So the therapy interfering behaviors, like I said, is a great way to sure up any kind of boundaries that have been crossed or whenever um, you feel like you're just plateauing or there just feels like something's off in your therapy session. Remember, these are not weapons either. This is not something you go down on a list and say, you're doing this, you're doing that, or this is where you failed me as a therapist, wherever it may be. This is more of things to, now you have this list, you know what they are. It's important for you to take the initiative to call it out. And this is where you tell a good therapist from a one that is continuing to work on themselves. And that is they sit there and they go, you're right, we have been doing these things. How can you and I work better to move forward? Because remember, we're all human, we have stuff that comes up in in each other's lives. Yet, I, I think it's important to know where each other's boundaries lie. And, you know, there's there's just lots of, of things that come up. And we just want you to have the most out of your therapeutic experience. Remember, we will have a chart with all of the things that we discussed in our session today at findingmiddlepath.com, as that's where you will find all of the resources that we go over in our podcast. Remember, you're welcome to connect with us there as well. Remember, this is not a replacement for therapy. We want you to find a therapist in your area and get connected. What is holding you back? What is causing you some strife in order to find the connection that you really need for that right therapist? Hopefully you've tried and looked for one and maybe you're just feeling a little fear. Be brave. You can do it. Step out there and find one. Remember, this is not easy talking about things in your life and really conquering them. So I applaud you for being and wanting to change your life and be skillful. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you next time as we explore all things DVT.